Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the greatest sports journalist in the history of Erie, Pennsylvania, Mr. Mike Balco. My boy, my boy Michael Balco, writer, podcaster, sports enthusiast. He is the first guest that we have on the Black and Gold Hour podcast this year. He had just contributed, and he also has his own podcast, The Mike Belco Show. Uh, I want you all to uh, welcome Mr. Mike Belco. Today, to speak about the New Orleans Saints is Michael Belco from The Michael Belco Show. Host of The Michael Belco Show, please welcome Michael Belco. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the one and only Michael Balco Show. I'm your host. You already know who it is, but that's not, that doesn't matter. Today is not about me. Joining me today is a good friend of mine, native of Erie, PA, and the PA announcer of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Mr. Sean Pebbles. How are we doing, brother? Well done, man. Well done. Well done. <laughs> How are we doing today? Doing great, man. Yourself? Blessed and highly favored, as always. Excited to share this moment here with you today. We've been waiting on this collab for a hot minute, and it's it's here. It's here. We're gonna we're gonna pick your brain. We go way back. We do. We've known, we've known each other for almost a decade, if not a little longer. Yeah, we're 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 teetering on that double digit mark. Yeah, so flirt, it's, flirt, it's, flirting with a decade. Yeah, man, it's been it's been great though, and uh, you know I'm I'm obviously very proud of you and everything that you've been able to you know pull together and. Uh, I know great things are still on the horizon for you, so keep pushing it, man. Likewise, brother, yeah, likewise. Thank you. thank you. First and foremost, we got to rep the hometown. You were originally born in Newcastle, PA, later moved to Erie, PA after college. Um, what do you love most about the city of Erie, and why did you decide to plant your roots here? You know what? Really, honestly, what is there to not love about this town? Uh, I mean, the people are great. Uh, you're right on the lake. Um, you know, the 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 transformation of what Erie once was to what it is now. Um, and, and you can see the growth happening downtown. There's a lot of great things happening and it's going to continue to be that way. Uh, a lot of great lifelong uh, friends are here, uh, family here. Um, so I'm, I'm really, there's, there's really not much to, to not like about Erie. I mean, even people like to complain about the winners and whatever, but that's just part of it. And that, that kind of builds your endurance uh, and also makes you appreciate, you know, days like we have today, you know, in the summertime, because there is not a better place uh, in the summertime than right here in the 814. So it's it's a great place to, to definitely put the roots in. And um, it's been home for me for 30 years. Shout out to the 814. Yes, yeah, sir. Erie's, Erie's so good. I love Erie so much. Like, I mean, I came from Seattle, Washington to here and I decided to stay here. That's the crazy part. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just fall in love with the city. You fall in love with with everything about it. Even the things people love to complain about, you just kind of grow to love. But that's but that's everywhere. That's everywhere you go. No matter what city you live in, there's always going to be something that people are going to be like, this is why this this place is whatever. Uh, Erie obviously is no different, but you look past that because there's so much great stuff happening in this town. And uh, I love to call it home. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So tell us about your start in the uh, public addressing game. Um, how did you get into public announcing and kind of what was the initial attraction to it? <laughs> well, the uh, the whole thing kind of came about out of the blue back in 98. I was kind of in the, in the height of my DJ business back then. And uh, friends of mine 
reached out to me. They owned a gymnastics place. I think they still do up here in town. And they're holding a level nine, 10 gymnastics competition at Edinburgh. And they're like, Hey, yeah, you know, you, Mr. DJ, you know, we, we need a voice for this event. You know, how do you feel about doing this? I don't know anything about gymnastics, but sure. I'll give it a whirl. And two days, uh, a lot of names that I never thought I'd be able to pronounce. And uh, that was my first official PA thing, um, but never did anything else again until over 10 years later when um, I was asked to announce a, a Bayhawks game. Um, and then the rest is history from there. And I, same thing. It was a day of a game and they're like, Hey, you know, we, uh, we need you to step in tonight. You, you're down for it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay, let's do this. And, and uh, I didn't think that there was going to be anything that would come of that. You know, it was just like a one shot deal. Cause it was, it was actually close to the end of our second season and it was just one game. And I thought, okay, well, I guess that's it. Well, fast forward to when the next season started, uh, they were like, Hey, yeah, we want you to do that on the regular every game. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. And thinking, all right, this is going to be my game night job. And I even left the front office for the Bayhawks a couple of years later, went to another career track and then still stayed on to announce and basically said, Hey, I'm going to do this until they turn the lights off. And then obviously we know something else came along five years ago and, and I was still able to, you know, keep my commitment to Erie and to the Bayhawks organization um, even during, you know, calf season and do as many games as I could. And, uh, and literally I said, I was going to be there until they turn the lights off. And, you know, I was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, I like to say you're the voice of Erie PA sports because, you know, I just <clears throat> always hear your name ringing, you know, the old Erie. Oh, I love it. I, I miss that. I really do. I mean, there was so many great memories of, uh, of game nights downtown at the, at the arena and, and the people like yourself and uh, the whole staff and just the fans and just the people you got close to all those years. And uh, it, it's sad that it's, it's over. Um, but like anything else in life, you know, you, you, you hold on to those things in your, in your mind and in your heart. And uh, yeah, you just carry those memories with you because it was definitely a great time of my life. Most definitely. Um, so after high school, you chose to attend Edinburgh University. Uh, what factored into your decision to attend Edinburgh and how much did the university help you overall in your career and just kind of in your life in general? Well, Edinburgh had a great radio station and a great communications department. And that's what I wanted to do coming out of high school was to be like the next big thing in radio. Never really played out that way. But I again, uh, great experience there. And my first class or one of my first classes when I was a freshman was actually public speaking. And I was terrified to speak in front of, I, I, I wouldn't even be able to do this, you know, let alone speak in front of a, a couple hundred people, a couple thousand, whatever. And so my time there obviously got me comfortable in communicating uh, confidence in communicating uh, clarity in communicating. And, you know, the radio thing obviously really helped out. And that kind of also spun into my, you know, my DJ business that I had for all those years. So my, my four years at Edinburgh really, really laid a lot of foundation for a lot of things that I did and even still continue to do today outside of like the announcing thing. And more than anything, it, it, it prepared me and, and gave me confidence to be able to speak clearly and publicly and, uh, and, and do that because prior to that, I was, you know, I was pretty quiet and reserved and, you know, was afraid to say the word boo. Um, so, but yeah, no, my time at Edinburgh was, was great. And again, it's just, um, amazing, 
amazing people, uh, friends that I've made there that I'm still extremely close with today. And uh, a lot of a lot of great memories on the airwaves at WFSC FM down there and, and amazing staff. I mean, the professors and stuff that I worked with, I mean, they they did everything they could to help me and everybody uh, get their their feet into the world and see what happens. Yeah, most definitely. And I just have a question that just popped up into my head because I've gotten to see you do this in person and it's incredible. Um, so just for the listeners, how do you like whenever you get crazy names up there, like pregame, what do you do to like make it easier for you to be able to like pronounce those names throughout the games? And then uh, what is like maybe one of the hardest names you've ever had to pronounce that you can think of off the top of your head? Well, I mean, knowing knowing who's coming into town, you know, I take a look at rosters in advance. You know, it's just doing your homework. And following the game, you kind of know who's who, even players coming out of college or even through the draft and, and stuff like that. So you, you just kind of naturally just kind of figure out, you know, the pronunciation aspect of it. And even obviously with Giannis, you know, that was always that's like the one, you know, people like, oh, Antetokounmpo or uh, Adetokounmpo or like, how do you say it? His brother, Thanasis, um, who plays with him in Milwaukee now actually did play in the, the G league for a couple of years. And so I had, I was actually ahead of the NBA guys because I had him before Giannis got into the NBA. And uh, so it was, it was easy to pick up on that one. As far as other guys that have been kind of like a, a, a challenge, again, it's, there's not really one um, it's simply because again, I, I'm prepared and I do my homework and I'm, I'm ready for those. Um, and it's, but it's obviously cool because of some of the other projects that I've been involved in and seeing these names. And then when you see them in person or in the roster, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. So that's, that's him. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool seeing those guys, you know, up close and in person. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I always loved it because I would always pick on you pregame, especially at the Seawolves. I would, I would go and you'd be like little writing down like little like pronunciation tips mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's just like, it's just really cool for those of you who are just listening and have never gotten to see a PA guy do it. It's really cool because it's just like you'll write down things and it'll be easier. And then I'll just pick on you like have fun saying that. And then you freaking nail it. So the joke's mm -hmm. on me. Well, and, and and again, that's that's all part of, of just being prepared, um, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the task at hand, especially you know, with, with visitors, you know, especially in baseball. Um, you know, you, you've seen it. One of the first things I do is I'll go to the visitor radio booth and be like, hey, you know, can you help me with this, 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 and this? And because, you know, you want to make sure you get it right. You know, and for all my life, I mean, my, you know, my name is spelled Peebles, but it's pronounced Pebbles. And so you can imagine how many hundreds of times in my life I've had to correct people. So it's common, it happens, but I also take what I do very seriously and I'm committed to it and, and, you know, doing a professional and those people deserve the respect of having their name said, right. I mean, that's, that's the least you can do, you know, make sure you get their name, right. Yeah. Most definitely. And you've landed some pretty crazy gigs um, as the Erie announcer in general. You know, you've done, I think, every sport. Have you done the Otters? No, I the have not. You haven't. That's the only one I haven't. But I did do <laughs> I did do a hockey game in Cleveland this past season, my my first to my credit. Uh, so I've got one under my belt, and uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll get a chance to work some games uh, down at the arena because, again, it would just be awesome to sit in there and, and do that again because, you know, you – when we lost the Bayhawks, you know, that last night, you know, before the pandemic began, I didn't, none of us knew that this was going to be the last one that we would ever do there. And um, so I would love the opportunity to get back in there for sure. Most definitely. And kind of, kind of teeter tottering off of that. What are some of your, you know, your favorite memories of the, your time with the Erie Bayhawks? Um, and 
yeah, let's just kind of reflect on the Erie Bayhawks as a whole real quick. What are some of the, like, when you think of like the Erie Bayhawks, obviously, you know, there's been so many great memories that you and I have shared. Um, just in general, the team, you've been there longer than I have. Um, mm-hmm. What are some memories that kind of pop into your head as like some of your highlights of your time? Uh, I mean, the early on, early years, especially when they were affiliated with Cleveland was, was really special. I mean, the tie-ins that we had with them and even having LeBron as part of our, our opening video sequence uh, was, was phenomenal. Uh, so just being around that and being a Cavs fan, it was a nice tie in for me personally. And then again, just, you know, the, the people watching, you know, come through town, whether if it's someone in a Bayhawk uniform or someone in an opposing uniform, even coaches that came through like Christian Leitner came through as an assistant with Fort Wayne uh, years ago and being a Duke fan, that was a big thrill for me. Obviously the playoff runs were exciting, you know, packing the arena and having fun and, Ultimately, winning the division uh, a few years back was was special. And every time I walk into the arena now with, you know, for whatever is going on and seeing the banner up there and knowing that, you know, we were a part of, you know, that season and um, so many games, so many, you know, players and, and, and friends, you know, you know, the likes of Kyle Goldcamp, Jarvis Gunter, like to come to mind as as two of the, the great ones from the early days. And, you know, Ivan Johnson, Blake Ahern, uh, who played with us, and he's now with the, the Grizzlies and Mike Ganzi, who is now one of the top uh, GMs, you know, he's helping Kobe Altman in Cleveland with the Cavs. I mean, so uh, you, you just watch where these guys were and where they are now and, you know, officials, you know, referees that started out in the D league when it was still that in the G league and they're up now in, in the NBA and just seeing what everybody's journey has been has also been really cool. And uh, just uh, the memories, there's so many great stories from down there, the school kids jams on how loud that would be uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning and, uh, just uh, great times, and of course the 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 infamous uh, kids wing, and uh, that you obviously were very familiar with, and <laughs> too familiar, <laughs> too familiar. Um, but no, just just the the atmosphere and the fun that we all had as a as a group was uh, was very memorable, and so many great things kind of branched off of that. Yeah, most definitely, and I'm allowed to say it now because the Bayhawks aren't a team anymore. But being the mascot for Bayhawks games was like the most incredible thing ever. The last mascot in team history that was pretty sweet, and. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, those kids games, some games that kind of pop into my mind are like the, the game after Kobe's death. That was a really special one. Mm-hmm. Um, that halftime performance with the painting was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that playoff, that playoff atmosphere was electric. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I would ever trade anything like that ever again. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that, and that, that game in, in 2018, that Eastern Conference championship game that we had at home and, you know, we were this close to getting it and that would have piggybacked, you know, because the Cavs had just, you know, were finishing up their Eastern Conference championship run as well. So I was th- about six minutes away from working the the championship series in both the G League and the NBA. Um, you know, it didn't work out for Erie, but again, it was like to your point, the the atmosphere and the environment um, at that time was was unbelievable. And I wish we could have done that a, a few more times. But again, we we know the time just ran out. Make it to do it with the Seawolves this year, man. We'll see. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. Um, so in 2017, this is the year the magic happened. <laughs> you were announced as the public address announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, it was your favorite NBA team growing up. Tell us about that opportunity, how it came about, and how much it meant to you as a lifelong Cavs fan. Well, um, yeah, we found out about it. It was Late mid September, I think, when I found out about it, and then I had to do two auditions in Cleveland. I, I honestly, dude, I, I didn't think I was even going to get a call, 
like when I found out about it, I checked the, what they were looking for. And I'm like, oh, okay, that all this stuff I can do, but there's got to be so many other people out there that are going for this that, you know, I probably don't stand a snowball's chance. And sure enough, you know, I got a call and they're like, hey, yeah, we want you to come over and audition. And there was there was five of us. Uh, and, you know, we had to go in and do this like a, like a live audition, just do some reads and stuff in the arena and then come back for another audition where we actually had to call you know, game stuff. They had player like people dressed as players on the court. And a couple of days after that, they called me and it was the day of their final home preseason game. And like, Hey, you know, we, we had you over here, you know, a couple of times, but we didn't get a chance to really get to know you, like, you know, just kind of talk to you and whatever. And so we're on the phone for a good 30 minutes or so. And then they, they ended the conversation with, you know, offer me the opportunity to, to be the PA announcer for the Cavs and, and it's I always call it like very similar to what it was like almost six years ago, uh, six years ago, Sunday, when the Cavs won the title. It's just like you just you don't know what to say. You don't know like your your body just kind of like numbs out and you're just like in a state of like, no, this this isn't real. It's like, you know, the whole pinch me type thing. And 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 growing up as a fan and and people knowing how much that organization has been a part of my life. And now I get a chance to be there doing something like this. Uh, it was it, the whole the whole dream come true type of thing is, is pretty accurate, but I never thought that I would even ever have an opportunity to go after that opportunity. Um, but the door opened and I stepped in um, and took a took a swing and and here I am about ready to enter my sixth season. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story so much because there's nobody that I can think of more deserving than you. Um, like I said, the the whole eerie. <laughs> it just man you're in that in cleveland it's gotta be pretty special for them kind of miss it but it's it, okay. and that's and that's that's another family for me over there man it, it, from the moment i stepped foot in there uh even you know when i walked out you know just back in april after the play-in game i mean everybody there is it's it's a giant family and uh, everybody looks after one another and uh i you know i miss them obviously the off season's a long long time and i still i'm in touch with a few folks during the summer months, but you know, it's everybody else. You get a chance to be back around in the fall and I don't want to wish summer away, but I really can't wait to see everybody again. Yeah. We got to enjoy this snowless summer for sure. Here in Erie. Sure. Absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely right. So tell us about your Cavaliers fandom and how you grew to love the Cavs and some of your favorite moments as a Cavs fan. Well, my stepdad took me to my first game when I was a kid and you know, I, I grew up, I, you know, wasn't really around sports a whole lot initially. And then, when he came along, you know, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we get a chance to go to a baseball game in Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And then, then, you know, then we go out to Richfield and see a Cavs game and it's kind of like, you know, the crowd and the, the, the excitement and the, the noise and, and obviously the game itself. And that's really when I kind of discovered a liking for the game. And so, I, you know, since, you know, like age of like 10 or 11 is, you know, I've been going to games and been a fan. I even have little artwork when I was a kid and like drawing the logo and Mark Price was my all time favorite player. And, um, and then obviously growing up and, and going to games through college, you know, seeing some of the greatest ones play, you know, Jordan and magic and bird and, um, you know, Barkley and Carl Malone and Stockton and all those guys, excuse me. And then, you know, when I became, you know, older and became a dad, you know, and then, you know, being at, you know, LeBron's first game in Cleveland and, you know, being there during the, the, the playoff run, you know, when they beat Detroit to go to their first finals and, um, you know, and, the whole time in between when LeBron left and came back and we were at his first game returning and all those playoff and finals runs and so many great memories of going over there with, 
um, you know, with Susan and with my kids and um, just taking that all in. And, and now, you know, doing it, yes, as a, you said, fandom earlier, I mean, still a huge fan, uh, just sitting in a different seat and I've got to, you know, kind of control my emotions and everything, you know, because I have a job to do, you know, unfortunately, but all those other <laughs> things are still, are still stewing in there because I'm one of the nearly 20,000 that surround me inside the field house in Cleveland. So it's, it's great. It really is great. That's awesome, man. Like I couldn't even imagine getting the opportunity to like work for the new Orleans saints or something like that, you know? And like, it's just crazy that you literally get to like, you've been a lifelong Cavaliers fan and now you get paid by the Cavaliers to do what you love to do, which is just super awesome. Um, so your first game as the PA announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers was Kyrie Irving's return to Cleveland. Um, what was that moment like? And uh, what was it like stepping into the queue as an employee rather than a fan? Well, as I had said, you know, the first day I walked in there, well, ironically, was the day before that game. Uh, it was a Tuesday and that Monday was my first official day on the job. So I had to go over and do all my paperwork and everything. And going back to that family thing I mentioned, you know, you know, they, folks knew I was coming and they were like, you know, Hey, welcome to the family. Welcome to the team. You know, we're so happy to have you. And it's like, like all this nerves and all this stuff. I'm like, you know, uh, you know, cause I, they picked me and I'm thinking, you know, there's such big shoes to fill from the gentleman that was there before me. And I don't know what people are really going to think and whatever, cause they don't know me from anybody. And but they they calm that so quickly just by their welcoming, um, you know, embrace of me as a part of the the Cavs family. And that that first night was definitely a, a treat. You know, the Cavs are coming off of a, you know, another finals appearance. And uh, and you had mentioned Mr. Irving, who had, uh, you know, went up to Boston and this was his first game. And ironically, he was the first player that I introduced as the announcer for the Cavs that night. And knowing that, you know, that, you know, that he was going to be hopefully received, uh, you know, a certain way. Uh, but obviously the fans did that a different way. Um, but just still you're, you're caught up in that moment because, you know, all these players and stuff that you watched either in a seat in the, in the arena or you're watching on TV now are right in front of you and you have their names in front of the, when that mic goes live, you know, now their names are going to start coming out of here. And, and Kyrie was, was the first one. And it was, uh, it was, it was a cool moment. It was a cool moment. And, uh, you know, we obviously I, I said it and we just kept moving. Um, but, you know, obviously the nerves and everything that night was at a level that I would I can't describe. Uh, but it, it went off well. Uh, the Cavs won late and uh, it was uh, it was a, it was a great night. Um, Susan and all the kids were there to support me. And uh, it was it was very special. And uh, one of those nights I'll absolutely never forget. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh so you're also the voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers on our favorite game, NBA 2K. Tell us about that experience as a whole. That's one of my yeah. favorite stories that I've gotten to talk to you about one-on-one. Uh, yeah. -on -one. So tell us a little bit about that whole experience, what you can, of course, and you know how that came about and, and what it yeah. is. Yeah, it's just uh, January of last year, I got an, uh, an email from the folks with 2K Sports, and they're like, yeah, hey, we're including the announcers in the game this year. And so we obviously are going to incorporate you in uh, from the Cavalier side. And I'm like, okay, great. And so, you know, I got on the phone with them and I'm expecting, you know, they're going to do something like this. We're going to kind of do it, you know, remotely or whatever. And they're like, yeah, no, we're going to have you come out to LA for a week. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, really dig in and do all this stuff. And I'm like, 
Wow. Okay. You know, go to LA in like February. Actually, I flew in the day of the Super Bowl. Uh, that was uh, the night before my first day on the job out there. And, uh, you know, we put in a whole week's worth of grind and thousands and thousands and thousands of files, like every name and game situation and, uh, you know, things with a high level of, of vocal, a low level of vocal and uh, fouls and all the legends, you know, getting a chance to, you know, to say, you know, Jordan and Chamberlain and Kuzi and Bob Pettit and Kobe. And I mean, the list went on and on and on of the legends I had a chance to say uh, during that recording. And then I had to go back out again and do some touch up in July and then a game released in September. And I have already been out there this year uh, for 2K23. So that'll be coming out in a few months. So be ready. They hit, they hit you up with the copies? I got a couple. I got a couple. And I actually, I kept, I got one up here with me. Uh, it's for a PS5. I don't even have a PS5, but, um, you know, it's the coolest system out right now. So I, I that's the one that I have is my little keepsake. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what has it been like to interact with players in Cleveland? Um, and if you're able to share, what are some of the highlights of those encounters? I mean, I mean, usually when I'm around, obviously when I'm around them, not usually when I, when I am around them, it's game day. So they're, they're kind of in game mode. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, they'll come by and, you know, at least say hello, fist bump, you know, and a quick hello, but it's not like there's no, no real conversations like, Hey, how's the wife and the kids? Or, you know, I see you got a new truck on Twitter, you know, whatever. So there's not really a whole lot of that conversation. Um, but you know, everybody's usually pretty cool. Um, I did have a really cool interaction with Steph Curry, uh, back in the day. Uh, that was, I think that was year two. Um, he just happened to be in a finishing up shoot around and kind of came over where I was sitting and we just kind of struck up conversation. Cause you know, his, you know, Seth played here in Erie for that year and, and Dell played for the Cavs, his dad. Um, so we just, just some real quick little common theme type of conversation is really cool, really cordial. Um, you know, that's that's really the 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 most, you know, interaction type thing that there was like a conversation, you know. But like I said, there really isn't a whole lot more than that, again, just because it's game day. And I respect the fact that they're, you know, preparing and, um, you know, they don't want to talk to me anyway. <laughs> well, they're missing out. They're missing out because this oh. is a good, good conversation. Good. Conversation. Oh, it's, a, it's a great conversation. But, you know, they're you know, they, they got a job to do and uh, a job that neither one of us can even relate to uh, the stuff that they're preparing for. And so you know, it's, and I respect that. So, you know, get ready and go, go and play. And if there's a chance you come by and, you know, fist bump or whatever, I I appreciate the thought. That's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Do you ever get nervous before games? Every game, every game. If you, if you, if you don't, then, then you're, you need to get out. Uh, You, you, you have to have those, the butterflies, the nerves, Um, not necessarily like a lack of confidence or doubt in yourself, but that that nervousness, adrenaline, whatever it is you want to call it, you you have to have that because if you don't, then this this isn't the thing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like start to finish of my career at the Bayhawks and at the Sea Wolves, like nerves, man. Like before every game, I'd still get nervous. I'd be like, "Dang, I really get to just come out here like for a professional team and just do my thing." Obviously, it's not on the same level, but mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. Like, and it's true, like. When you start to like lose the nerves, you're just like, eh, what's the point? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because that, 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 that's, that's what drives you. That's what keeps you focused. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've done 214 Cavs games, both preseason, regular season, postseason, and everyone's the same. And when possible, I come home after the games are over. I mean, I, I get out of there, you know, on a normal night, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock, I'm back home 
1130, maybe midnight, depending on traffic, you know, and I'll, I'll watch the replay of the game back. Um, you know, cause I, I am my biggest critic and there are, there are some times that there is something that I'll say a certain way or whatever that I'm just like, it's cringeworthy for me. Anybody listening or watching or sitting in the arena probably could care less or didn't even catch it, but I know. And so when I'm watching the replays back of the games, you know, that at three minutes and 10 seconds of the second quarter, you know, I'll know this is coming up and I'll be like, Oh, here it comes, you know? And then, uh, but like I said, it probably doesn't matter to anybody else, but I, I take what I do very seriously. And, um, and they obviously entrust me to do what I do. And so I, I want to make sure I'm at the top of my game uh, to make sure that, you know, I'm, that I'm where I need to be. And because everybody that works so hard over there, the team of people behind the scenes that put together each, each show for the game, uh, they work so hard and I need to make sure that I'm, I'm honoring my part of that and doing what I'm supposed to do because there's a lot of pride and preparation that goes into every single game, every single timeout, every single, everything that happens there. So much work goes in it. And I'm beyond blessed and humbled that they entrust me with being a part of that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What are your top three moments behind the mic? Any team, any sport, doesn't matter. Um, what are your top three moments that you can think of that you've been a part of, seen, announced behind the mic? Only three, huh? Um, more if you want. Well, I mean, if we're gonna, I mean, real quick, we're gonna talk Seawolves. I mean, we had that combined no hitter a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I was there for that. Uh, Bayhawks wise, I would say, you know, that the Eastern Conference championship game that we hosted here the night we clinched the division was cool. Uh, and like we mentioned, some of those playoff games, um, Cleveland, oh boy, there's a lot. Um, you know, amazing playoff wins. You know, my first season there, we did go to the finals. Uh, we had two buzzer beaters. In, in, in the playoffs that year, one in the opening round against Indiana and game five, and then a buzzer beater in game three against Toronto in the second round. Uh, those were amazing. Obviously, my opening night game, we already talked about that, my first game ever. Um, it was beyond anything I ever experienced. All-Star weekend was really cool. You know, doing the, the Rising Stars on All-Star Friday night was a, a, a real treat just because of the magnitude of what All-Star is and the, and the preparation that went into that. Uh, man, oh man, that was, that was an incredible, like the weekend in general was amazing. But when it, when it became my turn to do something as part of all-star weekend on the 75th anniversary of the league. And it was, it was a huge thrill for me, uh, and, and honored, uh, and humbled that the NBA again, entrusted me to be a part of such a big weekend. Uh, and then the play-in game that we just had in April against Atlanta, I, I truly, I, that building was moving that night. It was the, the atmosphere, whatever. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible inside the field house that night. And, and, you know, Cleveland obviously had some, some bumps at the end of the regular season and, and to get into the, the play in situation. Um, you know, the, I wish it would have been a better outcome, um, but you know, they've obviously set themselves up for some, some great success this coming year and for years to come. But that, that play in night was Absolutely. Like there were times where you couldn't even hear me. Like it was, it was so loud. You couldn't even hear me doing the visitor intros. Uh, the electricity was absolutely off the charts. Absolutely off the charts. Yeah. I could only imagine because, you know, Hawks came out with the dub, but it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's, okay. yeah. it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about that much more. No, we don't. Have to. <laughs> One last question for you, Sean. 
any advice for those out there chasing their dreams, regardless of what the career field is, regardless if it's a sport, if it's if it's in your field, what's what some advice you can kind of pass along to people listening? Well, I mean, use you for an example, because you said just not even 10 minutes ago about how great it would be to work for the Saints. I mean, there really is nothing that can prevent you from working for the Saints except for you. You know, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's something you really, really want, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I didn't know that this was going to be something I'd be doing at this phase of my life, but it just kind of worked out. And it happens to be with the, the team that I love and adore more than anything in this world when it comes to sports. Uh, and obviously the Saints are that for you. So if that's if that's something you really want to take a take a run at, then you take a run at it. You network, network with people. You find your way in, um, you you know, and, and opportunities can open up. And you've obviously proven. Um, you know, when you set your mind to something like with what you're doing with with this, uh, it, it's going to take off. And, and it has. And you've had some some great, great things happen because of this for you personally. And you're still a young guy. And, you know, so, you know, hey, dude, I'm old and, and stuff, is, <laughs> stuff still does happen for old people. You know, it's, it's you know, but, uh, and, you know, other advice is, again, just network and, and meet people. Don't be afraid to ask a question, because if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And exactly. Yeah. Just, just put in the grind, man. And don't, and don't think like, you know, my, again, my attitude was when I got, you know, find, when I found out about the position in Cleveland, it's like, okay, I, I qualify, but uh, I just don't know. And, you know, funny how things work out and it, it, it can happen. It really can. You just have to positive attitude and, and put in that grind, man. And, and good things do happen sometimes, maybe not necessarily on our timing and our terms, um, but that's not what life is. Life isn't about what and how we want things to happen. It's about when they're meant to happen. Um, and the one thing you don't want to do is force it, but you also have to put in the effort to, to get the ball moving. And, and I, for you, I mean, there's no reason why you, you can't find your way into New Orleans. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Right. I guess. Well, why not, bro? Hey, <laughs> it does happen. It does, it happen, does every, happen every day. So why not you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this episode with my good friend, Sean Pebbles. Thank you so much for up on the show today, man. It was a pleasure getting you on. You're the first ever NBA themed episode on this show. So oh, I'm honored, man. Thanks. Yeah, I you appreciate know. that. I appreciate that. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys go follow Sean on Twitter at CavShawn. Follow him on other social medias as well. I'll link them in the description of this episode. Thank you once again, Sean, for hopping Thanks, on. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. This episode of the Michael Balco Show is brought to you by Donato's Pizza. Donato's Pizza prides themselves on ensuring that every piece of their pizza is the best piece of pizza you'll ever eat. I sure love me some Donato's Pizza, and I can guarantee that you will too. Donato's has three locations in the Erie area and many more across the country. Check out your local Donato's Pizza today.